Click the wrong button. Hold up. Welcome to Oaken Bros. This is Eric. And I'm Michael. Today, we have our good friend and master connector, Adam Holter, on, as well as Karian Fournier, uh, who is a human capital and compensation expert, as well as an executive coach that focuses on innovation and transformation. I guess the place where we wanted to start, because we have a lot to talk about, is human capital. I mean, that's that's a very cool concept, and it's probably the most important factor in, in any company. Why is that your first description of what you do? Because I think, you know, everybody talks about the financial statements and other types of things as sort of the real serious part of the business. And listen, I agree. I'm a numbers person. I am a geek in heels. But to me, there's really nothing more important to an organization than tapping into the potential of the people that are part of that organization. And I find, unfortunately, Oftentimes, the only things people focus on is the risk part, the risk mitigation, you know, the folks who aren't performing, the things that can go wrong. And listen, a lot of laws are created to sort of manage that. And it's absolutely important. But in my mind, the thing, not only that, I mean, first of all, it's I find it fun. So I like to do it because I'm I love it and I'm good at it. But I really do believe fundamentally it is the secret sauce to organizations to really kind of drive their vision. Right. People are the most important aspect of any business. And I think that's so easy to lose sight of. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It's like the annoyance. A lot of times you're like, oh, the best day of my life was the day I got an, an employee and the worst day. And I hear that quote a lot and it makes me kind of sad. It makes right. me kind of sad. Like somehow easy is better or somehow it's just, it's just beige, you know, it's right. just fine. You're not going to do something cool and innovative when everything is just unchallenged right. and easy, right? So well, it's, it's, the, it's the Anthony Robbins uh, notion of um, certainty. Yeah. We, we have to have uncertainty because if you have certainty, you're not going to elevate yourself. You're not going to reinvent yourself. And Absolutely. It's, you know, I, I'm hearing that's what you're saying. Absolutely. And I think, listen, it's we have to also acknowledge that it can be unnerving, right? Of course mm -hmm. it's unnerving. You know, you feel like you're on that sort of high wire and you don't know what's going to happen. But I think that's also one of the reasons why um, organizations and individuals both um, lean away from it is they create meaning on what falling off that wire means. Mm -hmm. Right. And and we've also heard it, but you know, really what is failure, right? right. Really, what is, I mean, there's like, even when there's profound failure, there's lessons learned, there's next chapters, and it's only the meaning we project onto falling off, going where we're going, that prevents us from really optimizing ourselves or our organizations. Karian, from my understanding, you're a law of attraction type of gal, right? Like you, you're you're big into the law of attraction. To a, you know what? I yes. But I also think it requires clarity of purpose and action. Well, yes, of course. I, well, but I read the books, like I reread The Secret recently. Yeah. And I was just annoyed. Yeah. I, mean, I was just viscerally annoyed. Why? With, why? Yeah, why? Because it was just like, oh, if you think it'll come. It's like the field of dreams for all of life's wants and desires. And I just felt it fundamentally ridiculous. Now, 
the underlying law of attraction, love it. It means like really putting out there in all of your vulnerability and and hopes and dreams, what you want your life to be. And so I'm fully, fully behind that. Once again, both organizationally and individually, mm-hmm. but then it requires a certain amount of discipline. And I don't mean grind. Sometimes people confuse the two between, oh my God, I have to grind it out and work hundred hours a week and be stressed. Maybe, but not necessarily, but really clarity of action, like the ROI on your action and intention and who do you need to enroll in order to help you get there. People get stuck in the law of attraction hamster wheel and they keep reading the books and reading the books and reading the books, but they never take any action. They go, oh, I believe in the law of attraction. I believe in that everything is a a frequency and you know uh, how you put your vibes out. That's what's going to come back to you. But no one ever puts it into practice by actually rolling up their sleeves and going to work. Like Michael and I are the ship, right? Like, so the lighthouse, you'll see the lighthouse and it'll guide you to shore, but you still need the ship and the people on the ship doing something, guiding it, having a certain expertise. And so the law of attraction, yeah, a ship without a lighthouse or a purpose or direction, it'll just kind of wander and meander. The sea will take it where it needs, wants to take it. So there's, there's absolute value in it, but in and of itself, I don't know. I, I just, I found it. Yeah. I'd forgotten. No, the, I, really, well, yeah, we're I don't know if you think without, a, we're nothing without action. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, like action creates momentum, which creates clarity. And so a lot, I have a lot of clients in COVID who really, and these are high performing, really smart type A folks, very analytical. And they shut down in the first, particularly the first three months of COVID because there was so much they couldn't figure out and they didn't know that they, they were so worried about making a wrong decision and they couldn't see where things were going. And so linguistic shifts, like I said, well, don't worry about making a decision or what you think will be. Let's have a starting hypothesis. Like hypothesis is just a starting point of view that then data helps suggest it's true or not true. And if it's not true, you adjust your hypothesis. Mm-hmm. So we literally had to make these sort of like small shifts so they could feel I don't know, empowered enough, courageous enough that they didn't, that everything wasn't at risk if they moved and then it didn't go the way they thought it was going to go. So Uh, I remember when COVID first happened, we were messaging Adam on LinkedIn and Adam's like, I don't know. He's like, I I don't know what we're going to do. And we were, we were in the same exact boat. We were like, like what's next? So Adam, how did you navigate COVID? Cause you just started your business. Right. And you know, it's, it's in a precarious spot. How did you, how did you roll up your sleeves and say, I'm not going to let this get the best of me? Uh, first off, what's up guys. Great to see you. Uh, thank you very much for having myself and carrying on the call with you today. Um, so to answer your question, you know, February, you know, my business is going to be one year, um, September 1st, you know, my official corporate corporation date was the very end of August. Congratulations. And, Thank you. It's been uh, it's been a really great year, and you know I I was rocking and rolling. I was you know kicking butt like a ninja. Come into the month of March, you know um, I reached my uh, goal of my uh, clientele point. I reached a financial goal I was looking to get to. You know being in startup mode, and I remember this like right before COVID really kicked like into play. I want to say it was like Monday, Monday I want to say March 9th ish. I got a call from one client that you know that knew what was going on with COVID. That was my store getting bad, <clears throat> and they straight up said to me, "Adam, we, we need to you know suspend services with you. You know we have no idea what's going on in the next couple of months, and even though we value you, 
we, we, we can't make the investment because we, we just don't know what our future looks like. And then the next day I had the same conversation with another client that approached me about it. And I'm like, all right, I'm at the best month of my new business, my startup, my baby, maybe six, seven months in. And now like this happened two days in a row. Like, am I going to get a call for the next 10 days, losing another client every, every day. And fortunately that didn't happen. And I think one of the reasons I can attribute to that is it wasn't about doing this, this, it wasn't about doing the same things. It was about doing the same thing differently. And what I started doing was reaching out to my network, being an advocate, you know, Hey, Eric, listen, you know, I just want you to know, like, I'm not saying this to just blow smoke. I'm saying this because I'm, I'm here for you. If you want to talk to me, if you have something on your mind, if you're concerned, I'm a business development strategist. And I think people need me now more than ever. Just know that I'm here for you. That's it. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm here for you. Right. If, 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 if you know someone that could use my help, I'm here for them too. And it's not for you to sell them. It's because I'm genuinely here. And if I can make you look good and help you by helping somebody else through you, I'm here. And my business was, you know, for all of COVID was really not just being top of mind so people would want to hire me, but staying top of mind so people can come to me with a resource that will help them. And, you know, having someone like Karrion in my, in my, you know, arsenal, having someone like, you know, you know, the other relationships I have that can add value. At the end of the day, I just want to be a resource. And that's what I believe is going to propel me in my career. So fortunately, I retained 80% of my book of business during COVID um, in about, I want to say the month of in May, I, I, I brought on a new client. Uh, in July, I brought on a new client. And right now, I'm about to bring on two new clients. So I'm not looking at it from the perspective of great COVID allowed me to, you know, really bump up my business. I'm looking at it as COVID gave me the opportunity to really put my superpowers to the best use. That's awesome. Right. That's awesome. Carrie, and before we got on the call, uh, you mentioned that you were between Manhattan and Long Island. What so you you have two offices I'm assuming correct? So yeah, I, ha I will. I, ha I haven't really been to my place in the city. Well, I mean, yeah, twice uh, since this all happened. Pick up some tax, for, you know, tax documents and everything else. Sure. And have a nice and have a nice lunch date with. Uh, I did. Right? I did go. Uh, I did go one night. This night we went in to pick up, um, you know, one of the nice outdoor setups they have now and sort of where the parking used to be and some of these side streets where the restaurants it was socially distant. It was early. Um, it was, I'll be honest, it was sad. It was yeah. sad to see. I mean, for so many reasons. Um, and recently I've heard that there's actually quite a bit of um, robbing, uh, ro uh, people robbing armed robbery in the city at these cafes, street cafes. So I was, I was on vacation last week. I was going to take my daughter in to, you know, we're big, obviously theater isn't there, but we're big theater foodies. Right. And I just said, you know what? Not worth it. So sadly my place in Gramercy is just sitting oh, there yeah. collecting dust. And so what is it that you actually do? So what do you, what is your business and like your journey to sure. that business? So it's great, great last point because my my current company is the culmination of my journey. So right. um, so quick, quick uh, Vibrant Ventures is an HR advisory firm. We really specialize in compensation expertise and executive coaching, high performance coaching. Quick reason, uh, compensation for me, I've been on the other side of probably 
two to three billion dollars worth of comp discussions. And so for me, though, it's always been the backdoor into management consulting, because whether it's a Fortune 200 business or a local, you know, um, type of, you know, founder business, typically this compensation complaints from the board all the way to the janitor are just a symptom to something else going on. And because I was the numbers person um, who ended up in HR and really understood all of that, I was, I've always had a seat at the table with some of the, you know, C-suite, you know, most senior business leaders to really talk about what's going on because they certainly care about the numbers and then really dissect, okay, what's going on with your people? Is it your organizational model? Is it your career hierarchy? Is it your leadership? Um, what are the things that are really getting in, you in your way to innovate and bring your business forward? So you're, you're a reality check. Uh, so a reality check, but I'd say, at, you know, it's funny, even on the consulting or coaching side, I'd say at essence, I'm almost like a clarity coach. A lot of times there's just junk and other things, whether it's innovative or, or drama and junk in their head, they can't clear it. They can't quite articulate it. And when you can't articulate it, you can't go after it or you can't risk mitigate. And so whether I'm either hearing business strategy and complexity and issues, I can quickly help people get to... Um, focus on what their strategy is. I say like define your nirvana. And then, so it's almost like panoramic strategic vision to microscopic execution. And so I'd say my secret sauce is being able to toggle between that very strategic element of what brings a business forward, but then get very detailed on how do you go after it? And on how do you go after it? What is the people part of that? You have to enroll people in your vision. You have to be able to leverage their competencies and their skill sets and even the skill sets that they don't have yet, but you believe it's it's possible to be cultivated. And so that's why a lot of folks say, well, I don't understand how you toggle between those journeys. Usually it's very different skill sets between someone who's a strategist and someone who's really good in execution. And I think the reason why I find it so much fun is the journey is the people and the how right. you get there. Um, and so that's why, you know, when 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 I've done a lot of turnarounds when I was in corporate, I was in corporate for over 25 years, a lot of Wall Street. At one point, I was an equity derivative structurer. I even was a CEO of a startup tech company. And so people are like, oh, I'm the fixer. I'm the come in and I, you know, fix things and everything's broken. And so usually that means in many people's minds, cutting costs and stripping out. And I'd say the reason why I was always different and I came in and I looked for the untapped potential. You know, where was something and it just wasn't managed well, it wasn't clarified, the people just were, to be frank, the worst thing that can happen to an organization is not that people quit, is that they quit and stay. They're just- It's amazing. Right, and they're just- That's Incredible. And so yeah. when I went to Marshall Klen and I inherited this one team, it was very large, when I first came in, I was like, it was like the land of the misfit toys. I was like, oh my God, what am I gonna? And I quickly realized, and this is where not judging and not taking what other people tell you you're inheriting is so important. Because quickly I realized they had had a thumb on them so long. They were told no so often. They were given the smallest vision of who they could be that when we, and yeah, it was scary, but within 18 months we were doing things nobody ever thought either collectively or individually was possible. And I'd say 80% rose to the occasion. You know, I coached them, I advised them, I really kind of helped them, you know, get there. 10% chose they didn't want to do the work and everybody's got a right to the environment they want, they kind of left. 
And 10%, unfortunately, neither rose to the occasion or um, left. So unfortunately, in those instances, you have to kind of, you know, uh, exit them. But for the most part, I find when you really find out individual secret sauce, they may be nervous, but they see someone that believes in them and they're willing to kind of give it a shot and get well out of their comfort zone. You know, um, Michael and I at our company, we have an overall business philosophy. It's like one of our pillars. We have a bunch of pillars, but when I think one of our most important pillars that I think there is, is that we go out of our way. And this is just who we are, that we treat everybody like our number one client. Absolutely. And I, I think once you start doing that, when you when you meet a random person or when you're your employee or your coworker and you start treating them the way you would treat literally the person that gives you the most money yep. to, keep, to keep your to keep the lights on and you treat them the same way and you treat everybody equally amazing amazing things happen. Oh, I mean, it's visceral. It's so much fun. I mean, how often do people get the pleasure and the privilege to be treated that way? I mean, many don't even know it's possible. It's almost foreign. Like I know when I've come in, sometimes people are almost suspect. They're right. kind of like, whoa, wait a second. What's, what's her agenda? She can't possibly just believe in me. There's got to be something going on. And understandably, it's how they've been conditioned, but it took them exactly time. right. And over time, and they realized, and it's funny, I, I, I had somebody once say, aren't you being naive? Because I'm like, I'm a very of service leader. Now, don't get me wrong. I love leading up and I love dealing with boards and C-suites, but you know, I see my role as a leader as truly being of service individually and collectively. And yep. a lot of my energy is dedicated to understanding uniquely what makes individuals tick and then collectively. And you know, listen, maybe at times had I been playing the politics and been looking sideways and up and playing that time more, would it have served me? Maybe, uh, but I think I did very well without it. And it's also, this is an alignment to what I think I'm good at, I enjoy. And I actually, fund more importantly, I fundamentally believe in. Cause um, you know, if I can, if I can leave an organization and, and people left, um, better than when I, I started, then, you know, it was a good ride. Well, where'd you get, where did you get this playbook from? Is that, was there a sp certain influence like an Anthony Robbins or a, you know, what, what uh, clearly the secret wasn't an influence, but like, yeah. <laughs> what, what was, um, where did you build this playbook from? I mean, you know what? what it's, I'll be honest. I've probably more intentional in the last seven years. It was really the school of bizarre hard knocks. So I have the most eclectic, weird background. So believe it or not, my my undergrad was in classical theater from Northwestern, Shakespeare, Shaw, all this stuff. That was me. I was an English major. I was really? Yeah, I was an English yeah. major. The you Shakespeare know, guy. Yeah, I love it. And um, and it's so funny. So to get through Shakespeare language, it seems very intimidating, right? To a lot of folks. Oh, yeah, to a lot of folks, sure. To, you know, but you have to muscle and you get at the behind it, it's what's the intention? Like, Absolutely. what are you really trying to? So I go at anything that I feel intimidated by very similarly. So when I was a derivative structure, I was actually, here I'm a theater major and I'm literally sitting next to Harvard and MIT MBAs on the trading floor. And it's a long story about how I got this job. It's pretty funny actually. But I got there and I was like, oh my God, I thought I knew options and I thought I knew this. And I, and I just said, I need to get to the other side of the language. I need to get to the other side of the language. What does it fundamentally mean? And you realize when you poke through the fear and what you think it means, 
it's the concepts are actually not that hard. They really, they really aren't that complicated. You just have to sort of continue to dissect and continue to dissect. And the funny part for me is when I was there though, and I was next to all these MBAs. And, um, so I joke, I have a six pack MBA. And what I mean by that is when I was on the trading floor, Wednesdays was my school night and I'd find the smartest people on the trading floor, mostly guys. And this was 20 plus years ago. And um, I made myself a syllabus of all the things I probably needed to learn had I taken an MBA and I'd have them sign up. So Wednesdays was black shell you know, valuation or binomial valuation or whatever it was, corporate finance strategies. And I bring them to a bar and I'd say, you, I either understand this chapter because I'd read it first and whatever I couldn't understand, I'd have them explain. And I said, I either understand this chapter or you fall off that stool drunk, whichever comes first. And so I say buying all these guys liquor for a year was a lot cheaper than Harvard. But it was like, once again, it's just a practical strategy to get behind these concepts. So it's, right. yeah, it's, it's, I want to mention, I want to mention Carrie and I have an MBA and I don't want the show to be about me, but I have an MBA. I got it from CW post. It was in business management, uh, finance. And I got to tell you, it was, you know, it looks really good on paper. My uncle who's our CFO thinks that I'm much more polished that I got my MBA, but it was the actual experience of working in, in the real world right. that meant everything about learning from people and, you know, listening to people you know right. my mom always said you have two ears and one mouth you should listen twice more than you speak absolutely and and that was, what that was i like about the michael when you do go though is exposes you to things you might know oh 100 percent. no and i yeah. think that's the gift of it and listen had i not been working 80 hours a week and been the breadwinner of the family you know i certainly would have gotten an mba actually ideally i would have loved um a phd in organizational psychology from columbia it's never too late i would love to you know listen i'm in my 50s why not at some point you're in your 50s? Uh, yeah. I thought you were my age. God bless you. Whatever you're drinking, keep drinking it. Oh, I don't know. It's like COVID crisis, cranberry juice. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was talking more along the lines of alcohol, but. Well, but, yeah, well, there's fine. always something usually in the cranberry juice. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But, you know, God bless you. That's great. That's fantastic. But yeah, no, but I, you know, I might. I'm the type of person that, you know, once my daughter's in college in a couple of years, um, I'm that type of person that I do it just because I'm passionate about it. I love it. Like, so when I got my coaching, um, I went to one of the top two uh, schools in the, um, actually in the world, IPAC, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. It is a well over a year program. It's a number of certifications. And to be frank, when I did that, I did it just because I wanted to be world-class at it. I realized I'd look back and it was before I even decided to start my own company. And I'd look back at my life and my career, whether I'd been an actress on a derivative desk or a compensation expert. And the thing that had always been my secret sauce was the ability to unlock the potential and performance of the people and teams I'd been a part of, regardless of my job description. And so, uh, so when I got divorced, um, I was the one that had to pay the alimony. Um, I joke, when you ask the universe to manifest, talk about law of attraction, you have to be really specific. Yes, so when I do. said I wanted to be part of the 1%, I didn't mean the 1% of women that pay alimony. <laughs> so I've, I've learned my lesson, much more specific going forward. Right. But, um, but so after my last alimony check, I decided I wanted to invest in myself at the same rate. And so I went through this program mm -hmm. and it was, it was interesting because it was purely to kind of up my skill. And so when I decided to launch my own company, I guess it's coming about two, two years now. It was like the universe said, okay, now you asked me, what does my company do? It's really this HR consulting. 
um, and compensation consulting for small to mid-sized small to mid-sized companies um, who typically wouldn't have access to somebody with my strategic background, somebody who can work with their CFO, their general counsel, their C-suite to think differently. And to be frank, don't talk about HR. Talk about your business language. I'll be the translator into the HR com- or the people components. Right. But the other side is really I'm incredibly passionate about the executive high performance coaching part of my business. Uh, because like the things that people are sharing with me now, and it's been, I think, more important than ever in COVID is executives and like high performing professionals are just stressed out more than they've ever been. They've never felt like they've had more on their shoulders. There's more at stake. They feel like they cannot afford to fail. I mean, professionally, personally. And so as, as much as the first two or three months in COVID was pretty quiet, I mean, the ramp up now, they realize if they have someone in their corner, and I really resonate with these very high driven type A performers because I've been one, and they realize they've got somewhere in their corner that can help them fill in that gap of what they don't know they don't know with different tools and techniques to really help them get through this and not just suffer through this, but actually flourish through this. And so it's been really a pleasure. And I've, I feel like as much as I hate that everybody's going through this dynamics in COVID, um, I do feel particularly well suited or situated to be able to add tremendous amount of value. And to be frank, that dynamic is happening both for businesses that have been struggling because of COVID, but equally because there's there's some businesses that are doing gangbusters and they're worried they're going to miss all of the opportunity on the upside. And they haven't had to build those leadership skills or those sort of different types of skills to really capitalize on what's being sort of what's in their lap now. Um, The other thing is in this in this time, you know, I call it almost like the great pause uh, from millennials to Gen Gen Xers. um, There's a lot of folks who are looking at their life and saying, geez, this isn't this isn't where I thought I'd be. You know, I either thought I was going to be more like, why is my cousin doing so much better? They seem so much more fulfilled. This isn't really what I wanted or like that's more in the millennials to like the Gen Z. Like, really, what's this what's this next chapter of my career look like? I just um, this isn't it. This isn't enough. And because they don't have that clarity, it's hard to act. Right. It's hard to go like the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't unless you're really, really clear on where you want to go and your why, like, what does that thing really drive you? So I've been working with quite a few people, really helping them sort through that as well, because this has been a time of self-reflection for them. hundred percent. So I wanted to jump to your and Adam's relationship. Adam, how do you work with Kieran? How did you guys meet? And um, I guess, what do you guys do for each other in business relationship wise? So uh, we met about a year ago. We were introduced by a mutual friend. Uh, once again, you know, you never know the, the value of a tailor-made connection. And a mutual friend named uh, Peter Montaglione introduced us. And uh, I will tell you right now that, you know, you talk about the law of attraction. I, I did not see or read um, the movie The Secret. I've heard from Greg that it's something like, how do I not know that movie or that book? Um, so I, I, apparently I'm just waiting for someone to Netflix me a copy. But um, what I'm getting at is, you know, when I met Carrion, it was like the vibe with the energy. It couldn't have been any more explosive. Um, I I connect when I connect Carrion and when I you know make introductions for her, you know, I literally will put in the connection, you know, or I'll say to someone, Carrion is a rock star. She or or I'll say she's a firecracker. 
And yeah. like you talk about somebody making a splash when they meet people, you know, the value, like, I don't look at Karen as like, like, I look, I don't look at her as like, oh yeah, she's, she's a client of mine. I look at her as, oh my God, I have the pleasure of representing somebody that's such a rock star, like this person in front of me. So, uh, Karen, I'll take, I'll let you answer the rest of their question, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, I think one of the beauties of being out of the corporate world and being in your own business is being able to choose the people that are in your closest ecosystem, right? Like the ones that really, like raise your vibration, challenge your thinking, make you see and believe in your best self, even on the days that that's tough. And there was something about meeting Adam, like right off the bat, I sort of half joke, I think he was a little brother, brother in a past life. Um, and it's, I'm not a naively trusting person. I think I'm an open person, but there was something about Adam immediately. I just felt like I'd be in good hands. Carrie, Carrie, where did you learn how to raise your vibration? That's a really powerful statement. You know, I think um, it's it's been different. So I'll tell you two chapters. And that's, that's, a great, that's a great question, by the way. I've never asked her that question before. Yeah, and by the way, there's a reason why I called it Vibrant Ventures. It's about this idea of elevating vibration because vibrancy is the highest level of vibration. And part of my, the vibrant is V-Y-B-R-A-N-T-E. That's mm -hmm. how I spell it. So I feel like to to raise individual um, team or organizational vibration or vibrancy, you have to understand your why, where you're going. And in the end, it's about your E factor, your energy. And so early in my life, um, in my 20s, I went through a lot of trauma. Um, my twin brother passed unexpectedly. I'm sorry to hear my that. Mom, um, uh, my mom had a mental fracture from it and some violent hashtag me too. And I went into high alpha and my protection mode, which still gets you high vibration. Like I would say externally successful. So let's counter that with high sort of vibration. But I'd say I did a high grind, like drive, drive, drive on the outside for 20 years. Um, as a protection mechanism, I really shut down my intuition and my heart center and I went very into my intellectual, my headspace. Mm -hmm. And on the outside, I was really successful, I'll be honest. Like someone who's a theater major, to be where I was eight years ago, it's like, how in the world? And I'll be honest, my ego was very satisfied. I had the big job and the big office and the big title and the big money, the big ego, until, until the universe decided to say, yeah, no, this is not this is not working for you in the way that is your deepest, truest self. And so I didn't know what it was, but I got very, very ill. I went from this high executive job to working 80 plus hours a week to hardly being able to go up a flight of stairs. And it took them about, I had to go on disability, it took them about eight months to find out that I had very bad advanced Lyme disease. Shut down my pulmonary, shut down my endocrine. Terrible. While I was on disability, our CEO left and a new CEO came in who I actually respect and admire, but a very different strategy. And so I got let, let, let go while I was on disability. Yeah. And after 20 years of marriage, which I'd always suspected some stuff had been happening, I was home enough to see it and I fell for divorce. Right. All three. So Trinity of trauma in my 20s, Trinity of trauma in my 40s. And I just remember looking at the ceiling, laying there and saying, Everything that got me that externally wildly successful shell will put me in the grave. And at the time, my daughter was about ready to turn eight. And I was like, I need to figure this out. 
I have to figure this out for her. I didn't know where I was going to get the reserve. I really don't have any family. It's just my dad and I. And I'm like, all right. So I became a seeker. And I joke all the time. Ten years ago, I was, I'm not proud of this. I, I was the one making fun of people in the self-help aisle, right? I was the one that was just like, oh, come on. Like, suck it up, buttercups. Like, really? Stronger, harder, tougher. You'll be fine. Like, stop being such a wuss. There's a reason why that self-help section is there. Exactly. Yeah. So now, now, you know, I, I get it. Right. Right. And I, I understand why I wasn't able to access it. Listen, I was an actress. I was actually a very serious classical musician growing up. I've always had that capacity under me in there. I had just shut it off. So you made a beeline to that. Did you make a beeline to that self-help section? And did you like start taking the books off the shelf? I was Brene, actually, Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. Unbelievable. The catalyst for me. There you go. That's what I wanted to hear. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that was because, but it was a journey. It's just like a book. Like, because I had like vulnerability for me, given what I'd, I'd been through was, and to be frank, like you can't, it's hard. Try being vulnerable on a trading floor. As I mean, 21 years ago, as one of the few women who wasn't a desk assistant looking for a husband, right? You know, you had to kind of channel Xena Warrior Princess a lot more than. I mean, that. honestly, we couldn't relate to that whatsoever, but it's amazing that you're sharing your story. And I feel like it has to be told. And failure is the only road to success. Right. And like, and it's okay. Like, for all those out there, it's okay if you're in an environment that is tough and and requires you to put on a little bit of armor, but don't make that define who you truly are. And so I do work with uh, Wall Street people now who I try and, uh, through my coaching um, modality to get them to see things in a different way. And then we have to have not only for them, but how do they re-enter an environment that is like, you know, right, wrong, good, bad, very confrontational all the time. It's possible you just have to do it with a, more intentionality than most. G give, give me more. Brene Brown, get, you didn't read one book and go, oh my God, my life is changing universally. Um, okay, so I, I have yeah. to, I went to Landmark. I am not a fan of their sales model at all. Landmark. Landmark Forum. Okay. It's this very transformational kind of thing, like the whole sales model, all of that. Ugh. Okay. But the actual foundational, what they call technology frameworks of thinking, opening up what you didn't know you didn't know was the message. Truly yeah. transformational. And they have a lot of tools and techniques that I've actually even incorporated into my um, into my coaching practice. Um, You're a big Michael Samuels fan. You look like I, a big Michael Samuels fan. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's a little bit of everything. I'll be honest. I mean, I really, I'll be honest. I know you've mentioned Tony Robbins a few times. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really done a lot of his work. I was just about to start reading some of his stuff because there's personal so personal power too. I'm sorry for interrupting. Personal power too, mandatory. Okay, personal power too. I would I, I honestly thought like you would have been the way you talk and the way you're, you know, rah rah rah, go go go, let's do it, let's no. do it. Like and I thought you were. I no, you know, it's funny. I'm vibrant and I'm out there and whatever else. I mean, listen, I'm an ex performer, but I think when I actually do my practice. I'm, believe it or not, more subtle. I mean, now we're on a show. I'm more subtle. I'm more contained. And also, um, the things with some of Tony's stuff is that it's, and I've heard this from a lot of folks that go to his stuff. They feel great. It's almost like a positive hangover for a week or two, and then everybody settles back. That's everything, though. And, and no, that's, no, no, I totally disagree. That's really that's the most important thing is that people say, you know, oh, I read this book. Like, 
So I wrote a book. I'm Michael Samuels. All right. I'm going to start plugging my book a little bit, Eric. Just be for it. I wrote this book. Holzer knows about it. And don't don't even don't even plug it, Holzer. I already did it. Don't even do that. You're doing it. You're absolutely doing it, are you? But you but, don't have it. Okay. How do you get people to? How do you get people to listen? Continue, and that's where that. I mean, to be frank, that's that separates. That's that it. Sep that separates the winners from the losers. That at what Eric said. But we should yeah. stop the podcast right now, because that's the absolute truth. It's the people. And let's keep calm hey, and ask on here, please, people. That's that's exactly right. The idea that you know you read one self help book and you're Mister Self Help. I, it's, it is a journey, everyone. It is a journey. This is not a one and done thing. Exactly. And for the people that read the book, right? They read, they read it. They make their eye. So I wrote this book. I self-published it. And it's called it has, Just Ask the Universe. It's called some, Just Ask the people, Universe. Some people just listen. Yeah. It's not only just watch, by the way. Right. And so yeah. the idea of it is to, you know, you, you write down your goals, you ask your subconscious mind and you take action. And I get emails from people all over the world and, and they say, I wrote down my list and I programmed my mind. And nothing happened. Well, like so, I, I'm I'm ten years into this journey, this spiritual journey. And when I wrote Just Ask the Universe, and I had ten years before that, and there's stuff that doesn't come true. But you yeah, have you have to work for it. And here's the thing, though: just like in business and personal, you adjust. You learn. You adjust. You if you exactly. act, you learn, and you realize it's a moving target. It's, it's exactly right. It's a it's a moving target. One of the things I have to admit, and I'd love for you know, I'll offer to either of you um, both. There's a there's a framework of coaching that I actually that I was trained in that I adore. That once again, it's not just this rah rah weekend, but whether they decide to work with me as a coach or not, they've left with a framework, and it's many assessments basically tell you who you are how you're wired, what your like strengths are and how you go into the world and what's your potential. It's, they're great. Um, the ELI, the energy leadership index is something that's very, very complimentary, but it's more of a temperature check of your mindset. What is setting you up for success and what's really causing stress. And it shows where you are both normally, what they call your energetic profile, and then where you go in your stress reaction. And what's really, really profound about this is when people start understanding it's the power is moving what's happening in your subconscious to a place of conscious choice. And when you can all of a sudden have this, my language. it's like, I mean, I went through this with Greg last Friday and like we could have been talking for five hours. And so what I love about this is the power of knowing that other things are possible. And so believe it or not, one of my greatest coaching successes it sounds weird. It was a woman who hired me, senior woman, wanted to quit, help me get my next big job. Uh, you know, in six months, I want to be out of here. I hate this place. By the end of the six months, she had re-enrolled and wanted to be in exactly the job and exactly the company she was in. That sounds like a weird success, but she realized so much it was making her unhappy, uninspired, not self-expressed were not things. I mean, certainly there were um, things that were happening in the company that made it difficult. And there always are, no matter what company she had gone to, there would have been challenges and there would have been politics and there would have been other stuff. And the power she found in those six months to change how she saw what was possible and that she could take like sort of accountability for how she showed up and what she did. It was like night and day. And so it's funny to say that a success is, yeah, they didn't, they actually didn't move. But when you do something with intention, it's, it's really cool. So this, yeah, this framework is 
phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Have you read The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy? You know what? It's on my list. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Also, What's one of our one of our favorite too? books is uh is just um I'm sorry. The science. Just, the science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles. It was written in oh. 19 it was written in the 1920s and it was it's basically the original uh, 1910 1910 sorry yeah. okay correct me it's basically the original book on the universe it's the original book on how thoughts do create things yeah because thoughts create feelings and feelings create the framework for action and when you can start rewiring how you think or catching yourself all of a sudden viscerally how you feel shifts and then possibilities open up it's really really cool have there been any i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead go ahead i said what are some of your other i mean you got you i think you guys could give me a reading list i have to admit i've been so in action michael is you know michael is at the forefront of that more so than me uh, I, re I read my pieces and i'm thinking grow rich by napoleon hill oh sure okay okay yeah. the power of your subconscious mind having it all uh the master key system by charles Hanel. it's in the back of this book that i wrote yeah, yeah. every Working with the law, creative minded success by Ernest Holmes. I mean, anything Ernest Holmes, yeah. write it, write it down, make it happen. That was yeah. a great book. Yeah, knowing what you want and getting it by Henriette Ann Klausner. The biology of belief. I'm trying to get Bruce yeah. Lipton on this podcast. That's and, great. Yeah, really. The, the self help aisle. You know, people get stuck on this this uh, self help hamster wheel. Yes. And and they don't know how to get off where it, it's very easy to get locked in and go, oh, my God, the universe really does give you everything you want. And, oh, my God, I, I can be successful. And, oh, my God. And they put it away. And like you said, there's, that was a brilliant, brilliant uh, verbiage where you said it's this um, like self-help hangover, this yeah. like po oh, the positive hangover. You think I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll do it. And then all the gas. Yeah. All the gas comes out of you. Right. That's what is going to separate someone who's going to be successful and someone who's not. And the secret. You know, like what you said that the secret kind of like, you know, just think good thoughts. Did you, did you, have you seen the new movie on, I think it's on Apple TV now, this dare to dream the secret. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So like, I don't talk negative about things and you know, but I do, I'm very honest with movie reviews and it yeah. wasn't a great movie. I mean, it was, it was okay. The script was a little, you know, whatever. And you know, people, it, it gives the wrong impression, right? right? It, it gives the wrong, you know, you want to watch a, a, a movie about the secret, watch Kung Fu Panda. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, okay. Oh I, cri I cried. I cried at the end. Of, I cried at yeah. the end of that movie. So this is like this is a yeah. hero's journey. Yeah. And this, I write movies. I write books. I write movies. This is a hero's journey about this overweight panda who doesn't know his parents, and he is somehow chosen as the one, um, the the, the master, right? The master connector. Right. And he's thinking his one is some somebody else. Right. They're That's exactly right. And then you have the at his secret sauce. You have like the Furious Seven or, or the yeah, Fast Five or whatever. Yeah. And 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 he's going up against these ninjas and these martial artists who spent their whole lives and here he is, you know, he's eating dumplings, yes. but he uses but that master uh Uguay, the stuff that he says, that is yeah. the journey of, you know, Absolutely. anyone can become anything they want. They have to work for it. Yeah. And and once again, it's like and access it through where your strengths are. I mean, like right. one of the things that I detested when I was in corporate and I think it's starting to shift a bit. And for the most part, I would say those without privilege or those who are not politically connected, they would basically try and coach you in jobs to say, well, when you're perfect and on all of these levels, then you're ready. And I always like never believed in that narrative. I'm like, yeah, no. So there's a great book, The Extraordinary Leader, 
And they say about like 13 to 16 core leadership competencies. And if you can get in the top couple of percent in two, you have a halo effect to be an extraordinary leader. Now you don't have to be great in all of those. You need to know which are your two towering strengths and work to be the top couple of percents in those. And then you have this halo effect. And unless you have some real derailers like integrity or something else, for the most part, you'll be perceived as an extraordinary leader. Now, what's also important about that, both personally and professionally, is understand what needs to complement, right? So a lot of times when I talk to sort of founder-led companies, when they want to like generationally hand off to the next generation, they kind of assume, and there's usually a lot, I mean, there's family issues, there's other stuff, but a lot of times they assume that the person they're handing the company to is wired and their strengths are exactly like themselves. And I'll never said I did a sort of assessment for the founder and his son, and they had been struggling and he wasn't sure he could do it. And it was, it was excuse my language, he's like, wow, all these years I thought John was a shitty version of me. He's actually a really good version of him. Right. That's nice. You know, what I was like, well, that's, We'll work on how to say that, but but more importantly, what does the company need? And so if the son is going to then be promoted and take over the company, the types of support and the types of how the company gets managed is going to shift beyond the fact that the dad was a CEO and now the son's a CEO. There's so much more that needs to shift in order to make that. Right. Their strengths. That is one of our second pillars. Our first pillar was treat everybody like your number one client. The second pillar is uh, double down on what you're good at. Absolutely. Because if you're going to go and put somebody who is is bound to fail because they're not a good salesperson in a salesperson role, absolutely, it's going to get ruined. But then when you have somebody that is really good at operations and you double down on them on operations, they'll thrive. Um, they're they're going to thrive. And I feel where'd like you learn, where'd you learn that, Eric? By making that mistake. Well, Gary V. Yeah, well, Gary Vanderschuk, but no, to be honest, Mike, that was that's always been out there, but that was by making a mistake. Yeah, you and, only learn it, you right? Know, you think, yeah. And also some of your employees sometimes really want to be good at that other thing. I know when I've done sales comp design, you know, and you're, it's usually a mess, and then you try to, okay, who are the really the client managers and who are the hardcore salespeople? The hardcore salespeople, their comp looks sexier. It looks higher. And so all the client people who are better at client management, why can't I have that comp plan? Why can't, but it's a lot more risk. Mm -hmm. And I go, but a hundred percent of zero is still zero. Like if you are unable to sell, it doesn't matter that their percentage payout is triple, double, whatever. If you're in a job, which is where you thrive and you're great at, that is where you will maximize your personal compensation opportunity. But it's tempting, but you know what? It's understandable. People wish they were like something else or someone else in the organization. Yes. No, Holter, you don't raise your hand here. I have two things to say. The first thing is, if we rewind 50 minutes ago when the reference of Xena Warrior Princess was used, my request is that we have a clip of Xena Warrior Princess pop up. Please and thank you. Do you want to um, edit it, Holzer? You go right ahead. You could put whatever well, you want. Well, I know it's going to happen. My second request, if I can get a clip of the double down on what you're good at, um, I would love to highlight that because I've actually never really heard that before. And Greg has been kind of trying to pound this into me to realize, like, Adam, listen, these might not be areas that you're you're, you're strong at. And, you know, maybe you can better yourself and get there, but you're, you're really good at these areas. And just just plow with these areas. And, 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 and as an entrepreneur and a solopreneur, not having a partner or anything in the business, you know, like, 
you know, I know that you guys bounce a lot of things off each other. You guys are very, you guys complement each other extremely well. Right. Um, so hearing that double down on what you have, what you're good at, I would love to, you know, it doesn't need to be right now, but I'd love to know what that really means because I keep hearing it in different ways, but I don't know how to interpret it. To very us. simple. It's, it's very simple. Um, Eric. In Eric, our situation. Yeah. yeah. In our situation, Michael always equates it to the band. What, which band, Michael? So, like, we're not like '80s like metal dudes, but like Van Halen, right? Everyone on planet Earth knows Van Halen, yes. and David Lee Roth, or you can even call me like Sammy Hagar. Like, you know, I'm the front man, right? Like, I always, I'm always front and center. I'm always the one that's controlling the crowd. I have the the gift of gab, always did, and I was the extrovert in the Oaken Brothers family, right? And then Eric was the brains behind the whole operation. I wouldn't be able to do anything if there was no music being made. And Eric was the Eddie Van Halen making the music, right? Eric was the one, uh, yeah. you know, making the apps that I can go and sell at BLS. Eric was the one that was making the alerts and the, um, and, and the functionality of our backend system. So I can go onto the field and go, by the way, this is what it is. But I thought, but so th yeah. that's the that strengths and weaknesses, but most importantly, you can't be selling, right? As someone who's a salesman, someone who you know goes out selling, you can't be like, well, we have the best cars and we have the best drivers and we have this. A, a sale to me is sitting down with someone at Peter Luger's and finding out about them. Really, in essence, a, a macrocosm of what this podcast really is. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. To sit down with someone to carry in. I want to know where your influences are. I want to know what happened with your divorce. I want to know how is it to be as a woman on Wall Street, surrounded by wolves, wolves and sharks, what was that like for you? And I'm, that's my next question for you. So we're going to get to that in a second. But you know, Eric, Eric learned how to do that. Yeah, I, I this this podcast strengths are. This podcast is it's a learned skill for me. This is way out of my comfort zone. Monologuing and talking. You're marvelous at the way you promote. I agree. It. You do, Eric. You I are agree. marvelous at it. Thank Which I love too, because people have a misnomer that public speaking is only one way, right? It's the Tony Robbins vibrant. There is so much. Sometimes when someone is more centered and measured, there's a gravitas that comes with that. There's an authenticity that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And so when you really, even when it comes to public speaking, you know, get grounded into who you are, that'll come through. And it, I'll be honest, it does. And it, when you watch your podcast, it's very... It's really fun to see the different, the, the different styles. Right. Thank you. Eric, Eric, is, for life, Eric. Eric is much more technical. I'm more fly by night. Like let's, let's talk about. Michael you. runs with passion. I run on analytics. Right. And I that's think that's exactly the best right. way that we can define who we are in business. So I answer your question. A great combo because you know what a business needs both. It's yin and yang. And the yeah. fact that you guys have a respect together that you can challenge each other and at times maybe get into it. I was having a conversation of what is conflict. Carrie, and I'm, I'm still better at video games than him. I just want to just throw that out there. So even like, yes, he's good at some things. I still have always- That didn't happen last night, Michael. So what? I, don't, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He's lying. Didn't I save you? Didn't I save you after you didn't make it in the gulag? After I saved you like six times. Yeah. Okay, so like one for six. We're big gamers. We play, we play Call of Duty. We play Wars. Oh, yeah. Totally obsessed. Yeah, but so but anyway, I digress. play with our kids. Digress. Hold, sir, in answer to your question, yeah. focus on your strengths. Don't yeah. focus on, on you know, listen, you could always learn a new skill, 
but focus on what makes Adam Holzer Adam Holzer. If you're the Van Halen, if you're the Eddie Van Halen making the music behind the scenes, great. I don't see you like that. I see you as more the David Lee Roth guy, right? Yeah. But but find that yin and the yang with someone in your company that is the Eddie Van Halen, that right. is the brilliance behind all of the music. Um, right. And I Eric, think I, I think I would say though, what I love about that is, is so it's understanding yourself, but what's important, just like I had the conversation with the, the founder and his son, what does the company need now and in the future, by the way, both. Right. 100%. And so you can then model with intention to say, ah, I'm really good at this and I'm doing well here, but where I want to go, I'm going to have to go here. Here are the gaps, not good or bad, no self, oh, woe is me. How do I fill that in? What do I not need now, but I think I'll need in the future. And so I'm going to start taking the time to find the right resources, the right technology. And, and you can start mapping it together. It's this really fun puzzle. I don't yeah. know. And I'm like right between the two of you guys. Like I'm this weird right brain, left brain. You are. Yes. Like like the, you're surprising because like you have this incredible, vibrant, like you are, you have such amazing energy. I see it right through the camera. And like I see this analytical mind. Like you sound like my uncle who's so, I don't know if it's right brain or left brain, but he's so like, he's if, rain if, man. If he's two right, plus yeah. two is not, nerd. I'm a total nerd. If You'd two plus it. two is not four, it doesn't make sense. Like, Oh, actually no, I would challenge, see for me, I'd be like, cause I'm creative too. So I'm like, Ooh, 22. Or if I put two and two together, exactly. so I'll go very nonlinear on quant too. So you I'm got like, it all Carrie. I'm just, I'm weird. No, I'm, you got like, it all. For years I was like, I kept trying to fit in these other boxes. And to be frank, about two years ago, when I finally decided to launch my company, I just finally declared, I am not making myself smaller for a man or a company ever Amen. again. Oh. I cannot do it. It will kill me. 100%. And so the good news is now I'm in a phenomenal relationship. Yay. Love it. And I'm in this company that I love and adore. And to be frank, even in COVID, listen, like Adam, I was only a few months in, I finally got my sea legs and then I'm like, oh, come on. Like, really, universe? You got to be kidding me. Like, There's a silver lining to everything. No. I, I, I firmly believe that. It was no, but it, you know what? It, everything serves its purpose. Like, if you, if you choose faith over fear, and I don't mean necessarily just religion, but when I look back at all of the hard, hard things I've been through, every single time, it has put me on the path that I needed to be on. Yeah, always. It tough and it was it, but it's hard. You know what? When you're younger, you just feel like, oh, I didn't get what I wanted. Boo hoo. Or I thought I really, and then you realize in hindsight. So it's sort of closing the gap on that rear view mirror to say, listen, I don't know why I'm going through this right now, but it is meant to serve me. If I fundamentally believe the universe is always in my best service, that even if I don't like what's happening right now, I have to be open to the possibility that something will present itself. I have and a question. You know, it's always it's always worked out. I have a question. Do you have your own podcast? I do not. Why? I don't know why I've leaned away. So I'll be, be honest. So here you're hearing me all vibrant and stuff. So until about 18 months ago, two years ago, I was the woman behind more often than not the man. Like I just started like, so about a year and a half ago, like, publishing my first blogs and articles. And the first time I published my first on LinkedIn, I had to go like this and I like press it. I was so nervous because when I was an actor, I could hide behind a character, right? Mm -hmm. So the what vulnerability is a power for me to really go out and show myself, like my ideas, my name, my, it was, 
it was a big thing to get over and to finally just kind of step into. That's that's the same boat I was in, but I will say for business and personal branding, for company branding, there's no better medium than to have your own podcast. There's no better medium to go and create content on LinkedIn, which you are doing, but the video is where it's at. It creates yeah, video a connection. Is where is that? Although, you know, I have to admit, I mean, you guys have been doing it a while, so I think you a have year. to doing. Yeah, a year though, but pre-COVID. So I was having somebody say, like, listen, everybody and their cat has started a podcast in COVID because like, what are they going to do? And so I, you know, I tend to be sort of like the contrarian, like not the follower, you know, I mean, like, so I don't know yet. I It's it's out there. I haven't gotten the bug yet. I've been on a number of podcasts and I really enjoy it, um, but I haven't, I don't know. It would be, it, it would go Wait, with, it would see. go with who you are and your business, like peanut butter and jelly. I firmly believe that, right. that like. It, it, it would just go together and it, it would raise your profile and just your story of would would go great. And I, I really think at, at some point we'll have to get you back on the show with our mother because I think okay. you guys would oh, connect. Yeah, you guys, would, oh, you, would, would you would really that. connect. You would really connect with her on yeah, a different yeah. level than you would be able to connect with us because she, talk about somebody who started behind the eight ball. She yeah. was, she was, she started a car service company with my father in a male dominated oh, industry totally male oh, right? my in God. the car service industry. Yeah. Our mother was the first female person who did, who didn't inherit a car service. Yeah. She started it with our father and it was a, uh, and, and she, you know, she's a, she's an advocate, a champion for women in business. Absolutely. Actually, one of the areas that I am really passionate about coaching and um, and I just uh, volunteered a session with Moxie Network to help them with folks, women who have lost their jobs in COVID, but really helping women who are sick of feeling underpaid and underappreciated and happy their career. It's, it's, it's a pan, it's a you want to talk about a pandemic. Oh, my God. And like and by the way, yeah. it, so obviously companies have a long way to go to make it a level playing field, of course. But I can tell you, having been on the other side, like I said, of probably well over $2 billion worth of comp discussions, there are systemically things I've seen women do time and time again that are not championing themselves in the most powerful way. Perfect example. It's a yeah, what, what examples are there of that? So perfect example that I've, I've used this statistic all the time and it's validated uh, a number of studies. So most women will not put themselves forward for a promotion or a job unless they feel they are 90% qualified on the job description, where men, they will put themselves forward if they're 60%. So even before they get into negotiation, they're shutting it down. Now, what's the difference? And I've done a lot of research because when my daughter was growing up, where do girls start to lose their confidence? And then what is the, you know, here's a nerddom again. Where's the correlation into the workforce and what happens with women? And so there's a fundamental thing where girls and women feel they need to be the consummate knower. I need to be the A plus student. I have to have all the answers. Where boys, I'll jump off the top of the jungle gym and I break my, you know, I break a leg and okay, I learn. And so this sort of feel this is the ability to have confidence, not in what you know, but that you can grow to me is the essence of where women can unlock their power in their compensation. That's the clip, Eric. Yeah, but I know, but all, all of it is, and I feel like you would do, you know, like I have a daughter, my brother has a daughter, and I feel like I would love for them to listen to you yes. and listen to your story because you are an inspiration to them. And that's um, why you need you know, to be in a podcast. That's why you should have the vibrant podcast because it, it just makes, it just makes sense. You know, like this, this platform is, is $25 a month. You know, to, to, have, to have StreamYard and like you're in business and like you, all you have to do is put overlays. This this is so easy to do 
and to open up an account with YouTube and to, I use a service called PodServe. I will give you my playbook on how this is done. Oh, that would be awesome. And like, it's all you're in, time. You're in, all you're time. In, I'm sorry, Eric. Carrie, you're an inspiration for women and little girls everywhere. Eric and I have an eight-year-old girl. I, 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 uh, my, my wife daughter, and I. My daughter just turned 10 yesterday. Right. And I know Adam has Molly. Great, by the way, that is such a great age. My daughter's 15. Still phenomenal and awesome. Yeah. But I, those daily Facebook memories that come up when they're like 8 to like 11 mm -hmm. are like the yummiest, most awesome. They're kind of more mature, but they're not teen rolling their eyes yet. Karen yeah. and uh, Greg and I are starting up a podcast at our office. Uh, it's uh, called The Connector in the Brain. Oh, I love, I love that. And uh, you will absolutely uh, have uh, space on, on, you know, in our studio for your vibrant podcast whenever you want it, because we love you. Once again, it goes back to your vibes. We just love having you around. You, you, you make us better just being around us. Yeah. Well, you know, thank yeah. you. Carrie, and where can people find you? Where can our audience find you? So, you know, I'm that modern girl and all the various social media. So, uh, but my website, happy to say I updated it right before COVID. There's all sorts of free resources. So it's www.vibrant, V-Y-B-R-A-N-T-E.com. And then uh, you'll find me on Facebook, both Carrie and Fournier or Vibrant Ventures, Insta, Vibrant Ventures, Carrie and at VibrantVentures.com. You know, and listen, I'll, uh, one thing I will offer to folks um, is, first of all, there are a lot of free resources on my website, but if you reach out on the contact section, um, what I'm offering, because I feel like being of service is the best way for me to raise my vibration in these interesting times, is I give 15-minute laser coaching sessions. It's awesome. Um, just to help people do that quick little mindset shift. We're not going to solve all of your life problems in 15 minutes. Disclaimer. Really? Really? You know, I've had people show up. <laughs> You know, I've had this 25-year relationship. What am I going to do? I'm like, I don't know. Book another session with me. Have you listened to – have you read Pam Grout? I know we're, we should be jumping off right now. Have you read Pam Grout? I have not. Oh, my God. I'm really more self – like, I'll be honest. I'm not – I've yeah. read some, and then I just jumped in and did. That's what yeah. that, That's more my style. Michael will con continue education. What Michael does is he has the continuing education of the universe, of the law of attraction. And I then he'll – and when, when he'll badger me for two weeks straight about it, he's like, you got to read it. You got to do it. You got to read it. That's and when I'll say, okay. And then, you know, single mom, dad 81. You know, I and I don't, but I, I know I always feel so much better when I do. And to be frank, then it inspires me to say, okay where do I go? So I love this. And you're you really have, you have a almost practical identical journey as Pam Grout, G-R-O-U-T. Go buy her books, Thank and Grow Rich. There was another one, E equals MC square, or it's like energy equals that. Mm -hmm. Buy Pam Grout. Uh, my books have always been in line with hers uh, sales wise. Um, you got to buy Pam Grout. You really like, you remind me of her and hold sir. <laughs> And you're, and also, I mean, you give me an inspiration because I've, I've got a book idea that I'm in the process of writing. Instead of lions and tigers and bears, oh my, it's illness, unemployment, and divorce, oh my, my yellow brick road, too. I'm still love. getting love the, it, the pop. Love. We can help we have you it. with self publishing as well. Yeah. We, um, we, uh, we have We're, lots of experience with that. Michael self published about 20 books and no. he's since gotten more, right? Whatever. And then, and then he has published three or four books. My mother has, uh, published around 80 books what yeah 80 children's books 80s 80s yeah. children's books so where can we find adam holzer the master connector the man who did his job today he did his job today by connecting us to Kirian, which is that's why he was sitting quiet and smiling the entire time because this that's what adam does 
I, I have a baseball and a fitness center, so I kept my attention busy. <laughs> Uh, you can find me, Adam Holzer, on LinkedIn, uh, social media. You could also find my website and my online presence at www.connections4hire.com. Uh, Connections for Hire is an outsourced business development firm focusing on making special connections that can grow into blossoming relationships. Uh, let me just tell, give you guys a quick shout out. You know, I, I watch a lot of your stuff. I follow all your stuff on LinkedIn. I, I don't Thank know you. if I'm the biggest fan, but I'm a big Thank fan. You. Um, and I'll tell you guys right now that, you know, congratulations on your one year being, you know, the Ocom bros like this, but you, you know, it's you know, like you guys have had me on this show three times. I'm going to be on the show a thousand more times. I love being on your show because you guys are so special, not just as being business owners at BLS, but being inspirations to tell people, Hey, wake up and get going because the world's not waiting for you. Absolutely. That's exactly we right. We love it. Thank Amen. you, Adam. Thank you, Carrion. Carrion Holzer, always, always, always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. And uh, great week. You too. Like, subscribe, leave comments down below, and go follow Carrion and go follow Adam Holzer. These are good people. I'm going to do a sign message. off now, but hang out for two seconds, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.